Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Jake Jabarelli, with my co-host, Blockchain John, for episode 451. Let's get into the news, hey, hey, hey. Zon. All right. Oh, I want to start it off? Yeah. Go ahead. And hit Go. it with the Crypto Twitter. All right. So, all right, so first news coming up from Tim Haki, written by, uh, provided by Decrypt.co. This week on Crypto Twitter, $100 million mango market saga, Caitlin Long calls out fed why is there a picture of a cow <laughs> it's a stock photo uh, all the markets offered what was it it's a stock photo <laughs> livestock <laughs> although markets offered little to write about home crypto twitter was but uh, veritable 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 hive of hot takes revelations and anxieties induced hack news this week there were also rumors that someone had committed an impropriety with one of our bone vine chums. That's why the picture of the cows. Mm-hmm. But the undoubted talk of the week was centered on the current hacking e- epidemic, which has really been rising over the last few years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. There's been a lot of hacks this week, this month, actually. Okay, this is Hack Week. We're only 16 days into into it, and October has already been an especially bad month for crypto hacks in what is turning out to be the worst year of all time for hacking. In fact, this week was the worst of all. With four huge hacks in a single day on Tuesday, crypto analytics company Chainalysis wrote a thread about the criminal hackathon that 2022 has been. Here's a little tweet from Chainalysis. After four hacks yesterday, wow. October is now the biggest month in the biggest year for even hacker activity, with more than half the month still to go. So far this month, $718 million has been stolen from DeFi protocols across 11 different hacks. Of the four hacks, Solana-based crypto trading platform Mango Markets was hit by the biggest. It was drained of $100 million when he first heard about blockchain sleuth Zach XBT drove his first thoughts, uh, drove his fist through his computer at his kid's birthday party and made everything awkward <laughs> wow wow well yeah well look at that screenshot look how much he lost yeah i think i'm sure it says uh, who's is that let's, let's see let's see let's see angle markets was just drained over 100 yep 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 there it is zach tweeted uh, just smashed my monitor in front of 22 guests at my son's birthday party because of solana block explorer my wife just took uh, our crying kids and said they're all spending the week at her mom's house. Ouch. The Mango Markets exploit was also the most intriguing since the hackers appear to be working in the interest of Mango's depositors. In the proposal, they cited bad debt from a ballot executed by Mango Markets and Solendi back in June. Elron network researcher Alec Balaitis had a popular take Here's a tweet from Alex. So just to recap the Mango Market situation, hacker exploits Mango for $100 million plus. Hacker turns around and offers to return most funds if Dow promises not to pursue criminal investigations. Hacker uses 32 million votes from the exploit to vote yes. <laughs> LMFA. Oh, you cannot make this sheet up. That is actually hilarious. That's the biggest troll I've ever seen. Yep. The hacker didn't appear to have covered their tracks very well. One attacker was doxxed by SoulScan. What? There's a screenshot there uh, tweeted by State. All right. This guy is effed up. L-M-A-O. Wow. Eventually, Eisenberg came clean. Turns out he's 
Abraham Mayer Eisenberg of New York, and he has allegedly milked millions from crypto exploits before. Eisenberg confirmed that for his latest exploit, he's working as part of a bigger organization and claimed that their actions were legal. Here's a tweet from him. Uh, let's see. I was involved with a team that operated a high profitable trading strategy last week. I believe all of our actions were legal. Sure, buddy. Open, mar open market actions using the protocol as designed, even if the development team did not fully anticipate all the consequences of setting parameters the way they are. He also returned more than half the plunder. Here's a tweet from Mango Market. $67 million in various crypto assets have been returned to the Dow. And speaking of cybercrime, this surely doesn't bode well. Here's a tweet from Han. Well done, blockchain address is now available in Google search. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. In other news, crypto enthusiast investor Charlie Trussell on Monday shared a screenshot that ranked the multimillionaires that lost the most out of crypto lender Celsius's high-profile ongoing liquidity crisis. Trussell himself allegedly lost $5 million. There's a screenshot there. On Monday, Bitcoin's mining difficulty hit an all-time high after rising by 14%, the largest spike since May. As difficulty increases, miners could face slimmer profits if Bitcoin's price stays inert. Since more computing power and electricity is needed to mine, however, mine difficulty increases also indicates a strong and growing network. Will Clementine, will Clementine? Yeah, Clement, Clement of crypto research and trading platform Reflexive research said if the current bitcoin mining climate is anything to go by only the fittest will survive at an ethereum foundation developer conference on tuesday one attendee's vocal harassment went unmarked by the team tweeter death daphne later wrote a fuller account on the incident of her blog slash newsletter and the accused attendee also posted his version of the event all right let's see here's that tweet there day one at ef DevCon and a group of us women got harassed by a gross guy. What did the Ethereum Foundation do? Smiled and chatted with him for 10 minutes and let him go his way. I feel horribly unsafe at this event. Take women seriously when they report harassment. Caitlin Long, founder and CEO of upcoming crypto bank Custodia, has been waiting on the Fed for over two years to approve her bank's application for a master account. On Wednesday, she called out the U.S. Central Bank for hypocrisy after the Fed-approved investment banking giant BNY Mellon began custodying Bitcoin for select firms on Tuesday. Footage of Long's response was shared widely. Here's that tweet. I'm not going to play that, but you got it. Actually, that's from Magoo. Hey, I know Magoo. I, I watch his, uh, I, I participate in his, uh, his Twitter spaces. He's, he's awesome. He's an awesome host. And that's it. Yeah. Finally. Well, actually, let's see. Finally, this is from Dior. Finally, new rug method just dropped. At everyone, we're sold out. Hold verification coming. Unfortunately, one of the founders died right during the mint. In this regard, the project is being sold. Who is interested to write me? I am ready to transfer rights, passwords, and wallets to the new owner. At everyone. Uh, <laughs> the the okay. death of the founder. That's the new rug method. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, wow. Uh, everybody's, yeah. It's making basically making it seem like DeFi is just not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, it sucks that all these people lost. I, I really feel for for what's his name um, Zach XPT, one hundred and twelve million. Obviously, that's 
feel sorry for the computer. The computer didn't do anything. Just just doing his job. And right. Got right. Smacked. Imagine, imagine you're doing your job and your boss just gets mad and just punches you right in the face. Okay, Ouch! Don't, don't kill the messenger. I'm just the messenger. I didn't make this happen. Trust me, I've been there, done that as well. My first, uh, my first laptop when I was mining Bitcoin, I trashed that thing. Literally threw it in the dumpster. Yeah. Lesson learned. You're bad. Hard drive. <clears throat> All right, so this week in coins, also from Decrypt, also by Tim Huckey. This week in coins, Google Cloud, BNY Yel Mellon, Mellon, Yellen, no, Mellon, news, doesn't boost Bitcoin or Ethereum. <clears throat> it was the fourth consecutive week of losses and no movement on Bitcoin or Ethereum, both of which dipped lower at the end of the week after more high inflation readings from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Bitcoin fell over... <gasps> 2%? What is that bad? Over the past week and currently trades for 19126 It's pretty close to accurate. Ethereum fell 3.5% to a current price of about 1282 according to CoinGecko. On Monday, Bitcoin's mining difficulty hit a new all-time high. They're rising 14%, as we said in the other article, large, a larger spike since May. As difficulty increases, miners face slimmer profits. We already heard that part. Ethereum supply turned deflationary last weekend, meaning that more ETH is currently being burned, removed from circulation, than is being created. The, this comes as no surprise to Ethereum flag waivers as an announced part of the post-merge process, but the news has had little effect on prices this week. So-called Ethereum killers, aka Layer 1 blockchains with high-functionality smart contracts, had a tough week, including Cardano, which is down 14% to $0.36, cents. Solana, which fell 10% to $29.91, and Solana Network has faced ongoing stability issues, though Solana founder Anatoly Yakovenko said on Decrypt's GM podcast that a long-term fix is coming and that get a handle on that... Uh, and that, getting a handle on outages, is a number one priority for Solana. It better be. Those guys have lots of issues with this. Uniswap tumbled 8% to 6.13. Chainlink fell 8% to 695. Ethereum Classic and Near Particle also tumbled around 16% this week. Major adoption moves. Two huge institutional players announced moves into crypto this week. Google Cloud and BNY Mellon, which we just spoke about earlier. Google Cloud's division on Tuesday announced it will use Coinbase to uh, accept crypto payments for cloud services earlier, early next year. A handful of customers will be able to pay in crypto through integration with Coinbase Commerce, a payment tool for businesses. As part of the deal, Coinbase Commerce is expected to move data-related applications from Amazon Web Servers over to Google. Surprise, surprise, right? Investment banking titan BNY Mellon. Sounds like Benny Mellon? Anyways. One of the oldest U.S. banks, that's true, in, con in continuous operation on Tuesday launched a custody service for Bitcoin and Ethereum on behalf of select investment firms using software developed with crypto custody provider Fireblocks. BNY Mellon has tapped Chainalysis for compliance software and will be storing clients' private keys and providing bookkeeping services on their crypto portfolios. Perhaps a year ago, different, uh, during a different economic cycle, those two moves would have moved crypto markets, not this week in the crypto macro environment. European law Union lawmakers on Monday voted 28 to 1 to pass a Markets in Crypto Asset Regulation, or the MECA, a landmark package of legislation which we actually did talk about on Wednesday that <laughs> hopes to regulate crypto within the block, BLOC. 
If it survives the next round of voting, the Mika's implementation will make strip, stricter demands on crypto companies, stablecoin issuers, and miners. Remember, this is only in Europe. Back in April last year, the G20, an affiliation of 20 of the world's largest economies, to test the organization of, or rather, for economic cooperation and development, uh, otherwise known as the OECD, to develop a framework providing for the automatic exchange of tax-relevant information on crypto assets between nations. Mm. On Monday, the OECD submitted a framework to the G20, which we also spoke about on Wednesday. Final uh, finance ministers and central bank governors met in Washington later this week to uh, review a 100-page crypto asset reporting framework, which we also talked about, called CARF, C-A-R-F. Uh, pardon me, yeah, C-A-R-F, that's right. And suggested amendments to the group's Common Reporting Standard, or CRS. On Wednesday, Massachusetts Sen Senator Elizabeth Warren, along with six other U.S. Democrat lawmakers, submitted a letter to Pablo Vega, CEO of the Electric Reliability Council of Texas, or ERCOT, calling Texas a deregulated safe harbor and for crypto mining operations and requesting information on the energy consumption of Bitcoin mining operations in the state of Texas. Finally, this week, brought yet another rejection from the SEC for a Bitcoin spot ETF, exchange traded fund, this time from CBO or CBOE, the BZ, BZX exchange. So no more, no spot, still no spot. They're not, not very but much there's still, there's still, there's still dozens and dozens of other um, companies waiting. They're, they're literally just, it, there was, there's a list out there if you could, I'm not gonna put. I'm not gonna look. For it's it. gonna happen eventually. Yes. There's, there's, there's tons and tons, literally just the waiting. It's like, it's kind of like the mempool. They're just like waiting. It's pending. They're, they're pending their application. They're just there waiting, waiting, mm -hmm. waiting, waiting. Mm -hmm. Review the next one. Um, nope. Review the next one. Nope. Review the next one. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In regards to this whole Elizabeth thing, she's from Massachusetts. So what is she talking about? Texas. You know. What, what, they're just talking to Texas. They're, they're, they're it's, it's she and and others. She's the most popular of the seven people that are involved with this. But she's just the figurehead on on the on the. She's issue about her own state. I'm not, you know, why is she worried about Texas? I, I don't think she's worried about it. I think she just want information about it. Uh -huh. Texas okay. is doing a lot of stuff when it comes to Bitcoin because like the largest riot I, blockchain I know, is down I there know, in Texas. But, so. I understand that, but she's from another state. Who cares? You know, take care of your state, mind your own business. I, I think state, I don't think they're trying to hurt state. Texas on this. I think they just want information about what's going on in Texas. So. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't have a negative opinion. The, the, I, I, I used to not like what Warren me, was doing. Me, the, way, so. the way I see it, the way I see it, it's like if my neighbor comes to my house and say, "Hey, what are you guys doing in your house?" Like, dude, that's not your business. Well, you can say that. You can certainly yeah. say, uh, you know, bugger off. It's nothing to do with you. And Texas has that right. So. Yeah. Uh, next news provided by Decrypt.co, written by Sander Lutz. Sam Bankman-Fried says he won't spend $1 billion on political despite dumb quote. Oh, if you don't recall, he actually did spend a billion dollars last year. Yeah. Was it last year or two years? I think it's been two years. It was years last now, year. Right? No, it was last year. Oh, was it last year? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see what he's doing this year now. FTX CEO and crypto billionaire Sam Bankman-Fried made the bold claim in May that he expected to spend up to or beyond $1 billion in political donations in the, the, the run-up to the 2024 United States presidential election. Such a political spending spree would have made Sam uh, Bankman-Fried the single largest political donor in the last election, four times over 
according to data from Open Secrets. Now the billionaire is putting his foot on the brakes after he says he put his foot in his mouth. Quote, that was a dumb quote. <laughs> ben, dumb. Ben told, told Politicals Winning Money podcast this week of his previous comments on campaign spending. Quote, I think my messaging was sloppy and inconsistent in some cases. End quote. The Alameda Research found founder has reportedly raised closer to $40 million in anticipation of the 2022 midterms election and primarily via the Protect Our Future PAC, which has donated some $28 million. Most of that has gone to Democratic candidates. Over $10 million of the PAC's donations this cycle went to a single Democratic congressional candidate, Oregon's Carrick Flynn. Carrick? Carrick Flynn, who lost his primary race in May. Mm. Glenn and Bankman-Fried are both vocal supporters of the effective altruism movement, a philosophical school of thought that attempts to prioritize causes that most positively impacts all people globally. Bankman-Fried appears to have cooled off the effectiveness of political donations, which he had previously touted as a key tool in achieving progress in the billionaire's policy area of choice, crypto regulation, and pandemic preparedness. For now, he says, the FTX CEO is abstaining from any further political spending. Quote, at some point when you're giving your message to voters, there's not a whole lot more you can do. End quote. Bankman Fried said on the podcast, the billionaire did not clarify whether he would turn the spigot back on in the ramp up to the 2024 political election. Bankman Fried previously stated he would spend up to $1 billion to prevent Donald Trump from retaking the White House should the former president run again. Edmund Freed did indicate, though, that his brief experience navigating political spending has led him to reevaluate a once general election-focused strategy. Another quote, I think primaries are more important, he says. Frankly, I could try to talk about pandemic preparedness in a general election, but most voters are going to say, that's cool, but, like, I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican. That's not going to move the needle enough for me to go over all of the other issues. That's, I guess that's the voice that I have for him. <laughs> Bankman Freed, FTX, meanwhile, has been on a spending spree, propping up and clearing out crypto firms devastated by this year's market-wide crash. Late last month, reports surfaced that the FTX was considering acquiring the assets of defunct crypto lender Celsius. That same week, Bankman Freed shelled out $1.4 billion to buy bankrupt crypto investment firm Voyager Digital. In June, he spent $250 million to bail out struggling crypto broker BlockFi. Wow. Bankman Freed said last month he still has $1 billion more to spend on crypto acquisitions and bailouts. It would seem in the billionaire's eyes, dominating the weakened crypto market in the private sector has thus far proved a far more effective strategy than attempting to influence affairs of government. Man, I didn't realize he had that much money. This dude's just rolling in dough. He, he, he reminds me of, um, is it Scrooge McDuck? <laughs> this gigantic bank, his gigantic crypto bank vault. <laughs> yeah, not swimming around in gold coins, he's swimming around in, in virtual tokens. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. I mean, need somebody to, to make a visualization of that. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to uh, El Salvador and by Matt DeSalvo. El Salvador's Bukele remains popular despite bad Bitcoin bets slumping economy. 
And there's a picture of our leaderless fear. I'm fearless leader. <laughs> El Salvador's President Nayib Bukele bet on Bitcoin last September when he made it legal tender in Central American nation and invested a lot of cash into cryptocurrency itself. Not nearly as much as Michael Saylor, though. One year and $107 million later, his investment isn't paying off. The president is down $61 million on paper from those Bitcoin buys. Data from website the website Naive uh, Tracker shows, and many citizens aren't using it, or still aren't using it. The tiny country's economy isn't faring too well, but it wasn't before either. The IMF has warned that El Salvador's economy will grow only 1.7% in 2023. How do they know? If Bitcoin goes back up, it could be bait, which feels like recession. Anyways, here's a tweet regarding that. It's in Espanol, so I hope you can read Spanish. That doesn't mean that President Bukele isn't liked. According to the CID Gallup poll released Thursday, the leader has the highest approval ratings in Latin America. They love him, and he's not even paying them to love him like Putin. Anyways, CID Gallup and uh, a Costa Rican consultancy firm surveyed 1,200 citizens in 13 Latin American nations and found President Bukele was the most popular, with an approval rating of 86%. Wow, that's actually exceptionally high. Bukele didn't much did much better than leaders of major Latin American countries economies such as Mexico and Argentina, but the poll did not include every country in the region like Colombia. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the this may come as a surprise to political observers outside of the country. Given the reports of civil unrest in El Salvador, last year Salvadorans hit the streets a number of times to protest the Bitcoin law and the president consolidating too much power. The leader, who once admitted that he buys crypto on his phone while in the nude, <laughs> has, criticized, uh, has been criticized by everyone from U.S. lawmakers who called the Bitcoin law a careless gamble to the World Bank and the IMF. El Salvador's Bitcoin law demands businesses to accept the biggest cryptocurrency if they have the technological means to do so. The country's government encouraged citizens to use the assets by giving them $30 worth of Bitcoin via a state-issued digital wallet, Chiva wallet. When Decrypt visited the country, oh, they did, that's cool, in late 2021, we found many Salvadorians were uninterested in Bitcoin and big businesses were reluctant to accept it. But El Salvador, an impoverished nation, which often finds a place in the world's most murderous countries list, is supposedly less dangerous under Bukele. The eccentric leader this year kicked off a tough crackdown by rounding up suspected gang members and throwing more than 53,000 of them in jail. <sighs> wow. They're catching up with the United States on people incarcerated. You should have you saw that, man. There was literally, like, there was nowhere to house them. Like they literally had them out in the yard, just sitting down. You know, it, <laughs> oh it, you could, these were these were like some hardcore thugs. Like these guys are like straight up 100% mur murderers. All of them, oh. all of them. Like they didn't they didn't care. They they represented. They had facial tattoos, head tattoos, ears. Hey, you can't say tattoos is a reason for people being being bad anymore. Everybody's no, got you tattoos. Can, you, you can see it, man. You can see it. I guess. I mean, eyes. most people don't get facial tattoos. That's true. But you know, plenty of people do. Plenty of people who are not criminals have facial tattoos. So this bolt, I mean, think of it. What's his name? Uh, the, the artist guy. Um, I can't think of his name now. Um, somebody will call me out in the comments. Bold move 
was but this, these bold moves been praised by Salvadorians. They say the country is safer, but criticized the human rights groups who warn it is unsustainable and could lead to a crisis in the country's prisons. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. We'll see. It's, it, can't, it can't be as bad as being an American in, in prison. <laughs> but, but, but guess what? Since, uh, since we're in America, we're always trying to hop out of the country. So I can promise you what we're going to end up doing is just adopting these 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 poor individuals into our states like we'll give them everything that they need to survive i don't know um yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see let's uh let's move on to a mango dow all right this one's uh, once again from decrypt.co written by jason nelson mango dow offers hackers 47 million dollars to settle without pressing charges mango dow has offered a deal offered a deal to the thief who made off with 100 million dollars in crypto from an exploit in the Mango Markets platform earlier this week. Where's my pen at? There it is. A way to avoid a criminal investigations and pay off bad debt. The Mango DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization that manages Mango Markets, has offered the hacker a bug bounty of $47 million, meaning that the thief would be required to send back $67 million worth of tokens under the terms of the deal. Quote, we are seeking to make users whole to the extent possible, the Mango DAO proposal says, addressing the thief. On Tuesday, a hacker was able to steal over $100 million through an exploit in the Mango market Solana DeFi exchange. The attacker temporarily drove up the value of their collateral and then took out loans from the Mango treasury. Since then, Mango DAO has debated on the DAO's forum on how to proceed. In a twist, the thief then apparently proposed their own solution for returning the stolen funds through the DAO governance forum, using the same tokens they stole to vote in the proposal's favor. <laughs> That's just so odd to think of. Like, really, this is the... <laughs> a decentralized autonomous organization, DAO, is a group structured where control is spread out amongst its members who hold the DAO's tokens. Members use these governance tokens on, uh, to vote on proposals that are executed using smart contracts. The thief's demand demands cites bad debt that resulted from a ballot executed by Mango Markets and so fellow Solana platform Solandi in June. The, the demand, the thief asked Mango to use the 70 million USDC in its treasury to pay off this bad debt. The counterproposal from the DAO lists the assets and the amount stolen, asking the thief to return them based on an agreement with the DAO, including... Uh, should I read all that? No, it's just numbers? a bunch of different okay. coins so, and values. MSOL, SOL, BTC, SRM, ETH, FTT, BNB, GMT, Ray, AVAX, Mango, USDC. The proposal, the thief sent most of the funds to the wallet owned by the Mango Upgrade Council. Within 12 hours of the proposal opening, you shall send back the assets to the USDC, MSOL, Mango, and so as a show of good faith. The proposal reads, the remaining assets shall be sent within 12 hours once the vote is complete and passed. The DAO's proposal says it will not pursue criminal investigations or freeze funds once the tokens are returned as agreed. Within 11 hours to go, the proposal has 96.3% yes votes and 3.7% no votes. Mango DAO further states that funds sent by the thief are funds in the DAO's treasury will be used to cover any remaining bad debt in the protocol to make Mango depositors whole. Quote, we compute every account's equity in USDC and plan to reimburse as much as we can use the DAO's treasury and whatever tokens we're able to recover, Mango Markets tweeted on Thursday. 
Well, it looks like they managed to negotiate some kind of deal. It does suck that they left their stuff open to somebody to just steal all their stuff. <laughs> so I, 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 I need some clarity, if you don't mind, uh, Jake. So it, from what it sounds like, before the hack, there was a lot of members or there was a lot, lot of, of debt. In the community that they had $70 million dollars in debt. Was that the community, or was that the or was that? Many I think that was the Dow. The Dow had seventy million dollars of debt. Okay, the Dow. And he's like, "You need to pay this off because you guys already have the cash. So stop holding the cash and just pay off the debt." And they're okay, like, was, "Well, uh, you need to I give us our money back so we can." <laughs> I still need clarification. So the the Dow that still that still tethers the community, right? It is the community. The Dow is the community. Yeah. Okay, that's what that's what that's what. I, okay, so the community was in, in bad debt. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in order, so then that, that's when the hacker came in, took, took all his funds, and said, "Hey, other community that's that's that that you guys are managing, you guys have some USDC, pay off the debt, and we'll return sixty-seven percent." Though that's what yeah. I was right, sixty-seven. Roughly half, uh, but yeah, it, it was over a hundred million. They just rounding out to hundred million. It was like a hundred and seventeen million total, I think. I think this is actually a win, dude. I th I, I'm going to say this is awesome. It's kind of a break-even point. It's kind of that we're punishing you to do the thing you should have done in the first place. So yeah. because you didn't do what we wanted you to do, you're now doing it. We're forcing you to yeah. do it. That's why this That's why this last sentence here sounds sounds very sad. We computed every account's equity in USDC and planned to reimburse as much as we can using the Dow's treasury and whatever tokens we're able to recover. Yeah. All right, on to the last news. Ethereum wallet, MetaMask, adds instant bank to crypto transfers. That's instant bank to crypto transfers. So you can put real fiat into crypto. Crypto wallet MetaMask is making it easier for users to turn their fiat into crypto through an integration with fintech's firm Sardine. MetaMask parent company Consensus announced this week. Oh, by the way, the article is written by Kate Irwin, also on, De on Decrypt. Uh, let's see here. MetaMask users will now be able to fund their crypto wallets via bank transfers instantly instead of having to wait for traditional funds to transfer to clear. In a blog post, Consensus argued that instant ACH transfers using Sardine are better than other methods for some users. I just can't wait till somebody exploits this. For example, going, to, going through a crypto exchange or paying for a credit card can be less flexible because those methods may have monetary limits or result in decline transactions. Through the MetaMask integration, users will be able to turn their hard-earned cash into up to more, or more than 30 tokens up to Sardine's daily transaction maximum of $3,000. But instant conversions and purchases may raise questions about safety, like I said earlier in my offhanded comment, and whether it potentially increases the risk of fraud or other illicit activities. Exactly. This is the reason ACH has a time limit. Sardine payment system helps combat fraud, MetaMask wrote as part of the announcement post on Twitter, but didn't specify how. Sardine's website provides a bit more context. Its homepage boasts that its developers built the fraud prevention and compliance infrastructure that scaled both Coinbase and Revolut. It also claims that its tech is able to detect with 300% more fraud, 300% more, um, what about 1,000% more uh, fraud than other vendors, and that its users reportedly experienced 90% less 
identity fraud than other platforms. It means there's 10% identity fraud still happening. Okay. The startup appears confident in its ability to prevent and address fraud as it promises Sardine takes complete liability. Oh, that's good. For any chargebacks or returns for other business clients using its services. Okay, so they are taking responsibility. It's also well backed last month. So if they have a $100 million last, they'll they'll eat it because they said they will. Raised $51.5 million in its Series B funding round with Andries and Horowitz leading the charge. That said, it's not clear what liabilities apply for MetaMask users when saving money, or rather moving money with Sardine, and whether Sardine will be able to detect fraud on the crypto wallet, such as if a hacker manages to obtain a wallet's private key and deposit funds from the linked bank account. MetaMask and Sardine did not respond to Decrypt's request for comment, which is exactly what I would have said, the same exact thing. So I want to up a little more. How long did it take you when you were using Celsius to move money from your bank account to Celsius? Uh, you mean click-wise or how much? The time, from the time you say, I want to buy crypto, to the to, did it take to settle? Jeez, uh, it's been a while. Um, it was usually a week, wasn't it? Okay, so so within, within Celsius, no, to buy it and then for it to settle, uh, it was within a week. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A week. That just blew me away. The first time I ever moved, I used, I think, Crypto.com to do it. And I was like, a, a week? What? Why is it taking so long to buy this stuff? I mean, come on, just give them the money and trade the coin. Duh, how hard is that? You know? yeah. And the thing that bothered so me most about it is if you, made the tr- if you make the transfer, it may not even be at the price you paid. Right. So. Well, Sardine is supposed to fix this issue, right? Yeah, it's supposed to make it instantaneous. And um, that's fine. Yeah. If you guys can do it that fast, that's impressive. But like I said, the reason ACH transfers, automated clearinghouse transfers take somewhere between one and three days is because they're trying to make, you know, dot all the I's and, and cross all the T's to make sure everything's yeah. copacetic. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. So with, with ACH, so a lot of a lot of exchanges right now, that's, that being Coinbase, Bittrex, Binance, um, FTX, they, they obviously use ACH, but what they're doing, <coughs> what they're doing is they're quote unquote doing um, instant buys where you can buy and and move those funds, and they're they're literally eating that, uh, taking a risk on you. You know, if it's a small small amount, I I've obviously never done a large amount, but with small amounts, they have no issues considering it as an instant. They'll literally just pay it out. Like they'll they'll hold the so the, the exchange itself hold that debt temporarily until it clears to the bank. Obviously, if it doesn't clear to the bank, then there's issues with the uh, the customer and with, with the exchange. But I've never had any issues with that. It's pretty cool that they're doing that, but obviously, if Sardine can be the middleman to take care of all that stuff, that would be awesome. Yep. All right, Sardine. well... Who came up with the name Sardine? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The fox is getting an upgrade thanks to one stinky fish. <laughs> So with that, that we will uh, turn over here to the coin tree and uh, show you that we have all of our social links as well as anything you can donate to us for, through, through various certain coins. Of course, we always appreciate if people give us a thumbs up on YouTube and or Odyssey. We check us out on Odyssey because every, you know, there's no ads on Odyssey. And also on Twitch if you're not already watching us live like some of our followers. Yep. We also have stuff on shop.jabberly.com slash c3media and you can check out any of the three shirts we currently have posted there and purchase of them that are available. So with that, uh, there's not... Well, I, still, I, still have, I still have one more thing. Sure thing. Go, to ahead. Mention. Uh, go to the website rvn, rvnawards.com 
BNAwards.com. Uh, hey, there Super it is. Media is going to be hosting the Rave Home Global Awards this year, starting on October 29th at uh, noon, 12 p.m. Uh, noon Pacific time. Uh, basically, yeah, it's it's it is what it sounds like. It's it's a global award. A lot of people have been a part of this poll and pretty much upvoting who uh, deserves certain awards. And so I'll be presenting that. Um, on the Can you tell the audience why it's happening on the 29th and not the 30? It's the 30th version. No, it's the first, right? It was supposed to happen on the first. Well, it's 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 a week, and most most people are going to be available that week instead of on the thirty first. Uh, I wanted it on the thirty first, but unfortunately, uh, it's it's on a Monday. Yeah, but why why would you have done it on a Monday if 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 it wasn't an issue for people? What's the reason? It's something to do with Ravencoin, right? It's Ravencoin's birthday. Yay, Ravencoin's birthday! Yeah. Happy up. birthday, Ravencoin! Almost. Raven Rock's birthday's coming up too. Yep. So. We get to celebrate Raven's birth, Ravencoin's birthday on at the end of this month, and we're going to have an award ceremony to celebrate it. Yep, in the metaverse. Yep. Download that. Yep, at Brave at Braveland. That's where there's a comment at the bottom of the page here with RavenAwards.com. You can check out that wave pa- uh, page, and there's a way to download, install, and and run the updates for Braveland IO. Yep, it's right in the bottom. So with that, thanks for everybody for listening. We're going to sign off to now and say stack sats and huddle. And huddle. Adios. Adios.